Climax Network Production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I think Webb's coming in studio after Salt Lake. Because it doesn't take much for these guys to go from being first to fifth. And it was pissing me off. I wanted to, I wanted to punch him. Supercross knocked me down pretty harsh two years in a row. I would, I would race Eli without hesitating. And now they're like, they want to bubble wrap their contenders. Those phone calls with the kids talking to the riders, they never work. No, he literally answered that whole question. The exact question. The precious teams and the precious riders. The riders get paid way too much money. They get way too much attention. Five wins for Jason Lawrence now. Like, are you doing some sort of investigative journalism here or what? Cade won $35,000. He's fine. It's what are you going to do? Snap his finger? Listen, like, is he, listen, just he, I dream of genie where he listen. just nods three times and it happens? <laughs> it's all the same shit. You just take the template, you drop the shit in, you move the shit over, make it live. I have the full support of the AMA. Who's in charge of the penalties? I think I am. But if this goes sideways, we're out. Starts have just been horrible. It's almost like I kind of forget what I'm doing, I guess. You're old. Like he walked by, I was like, oh my goodness. You jumped off a bridge. The only thing that I haven't figured out is how I'm going to go racing. Jeff has so much money. I would ride that Jeff Lost train. (laughs) Your dog is laying on my foot and snoring. Was I the greatest mechanic? No. People like to take shots at me for being a shitty mechanic. Suck on that, everybody. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. Yeah. Talon? Congratulations. You may as well put a ring on your chick's finger. <laughs> I'll on. take the Lambo first. You're not going to take away my journalistic credibility. <laughs> I will not sell out. I cannot be bought. You're Steve breaking down barriers. Yeah. The other place was a little smaller seven years yeah. ago, but... The pony's disgusting. You look like a loser. Dark side calling in one in a cut of this. He's not even doing any of this work. There's no sharing of any money. I get it all. And Darkside, you, you're invited too, but you got to get yourself out here. When I think of Pulp MX, I think of integrity. Yes. It would be just like Pulp MX for all the minions to go around and, <laughs> and do things without talking to me and then just say, surprise! <laughs> Why make a union when you can just you know organize a coup? <laughs> We're basically like Magnum P.I. When's my Lambo show up? I decided I'm the pitcher now. <sighs> I mean, life's hard sometimes. <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right. It's that time again for another Pulp MX wrap-up show. So much to talk about tonight, so let's just get right into my guests. First up, he owns the Collective Experience, and he's brought to you by Guts Racing, the one and only, the man with the pony, not really the pony, but he's still got the long hair, my boy, Dave Drakes. What's up, Dave? <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, excited to talk to you guys tonight. we got another guy on the line. He's been on here before. Uh, he is the host of the Moto Spot Show. He's brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires Nine. It's Triple J. Dark Side. Yo, what's up, what's up man? Ah, uh, hanging out. Just uh, 
watching a little replay of the uh, YouTube. I never, I never get a chance to watch pulp on YouTube. I'm always in the truck watching it, you know, with uh, us reps were on the road seven days out of the week. So podcasts are usually on the radio, but I'm actually watching it on YouTube right now and doing them kind of checking it out. Yeah, it's cool, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on the YouTube thing here in just a moment. Uh, before I do, this week it's show five hundred two uh, with Michael Lindsay in studio. Also, two that's that's my little joke there, Steve. Also, two Scotty McLemore from Mav TV joins later in the show for some big news that we're gonna definitely discuss. Uh, we'll get into all that. And on the phone, though, it was Hunter's little brother, some guy named Jet, as well as Benny Bloss, Tony Cairoli, in a pre-recorded interview that was really bitching. And Clinton Fowler, a guy that too smart for my taste, for me, and not for my taste, but way smarter than I am. I don't understand half of what the hell he's talking about, how he figures all that out. It seems like black magic to me. Uh, we're going to talk about all those callers. First up, uh, Dave, man, just overall thoughts on show 502. Some big news, big topics of discussion, Supercross champion, big show. Yeah, no, I thought it was good, man. And I'll tell you what, like, I, anytime you get Michael Lindsay in studio, Dude, how much knowledge does that guy have in one brain? And it's freaking phenomenal, right? So yeah, that, I, just, I, I love having him on, man. That's it. I'm glad you brought that up because Michael is a guy that's very polarizing. I, I think that's the right word. Like, you either love him or you hate yeah. him. And yeah. I, I don't hear a lot of like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. Like, I either yeah. people love him or there's like hate, man. And I feel bad for the guy because he has a big passion for the sport. I mean, he went all in yeah. with his own team, put a lot of money into it, trying to help guys out. You know, works his balls off. And, yeah, then there's just, you know, and I think that's the thing with him and there's another one that I'm, another guy that I cannot think of who I'm thinking of right now, but they're so smart, Dave, like you just said, about what they're talking about. I think that's why people are turned off. Like, he is so intelligent that some people just don't like, like, they feel like he's cocky or something. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard I've heard that too from people that they're like, man, like you know, I can't stand that guy, or hey, I really like that guy. Like, I, I, <laughs> I really, if I think about it, I haven't heard anything in the middle. And personally, I think he's great, man. I love that fact that he knows so much. He's almost like an encyclopedia. Yeah. And if you need a contact, if you need to talk to somebody, you go to Michael Lindsay because he knows <laughs> who that person is. You know what I mean? But yeah. no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just it's so it's so awesome to see somebody that has, that's that articulate that knows the sport that well, um, and, and is able to kind of digest it all for you know for us normal guys. I agree. Triple, what about you, man? How do you feel about the show overall, and what are your thoughts on Michael? Yeah, show was good. Like I like I put told you in my notes, like I felt like it was a really good show. Um, you and I spoke last week, and I haven't listened to podcasts for a long time, and to do to do this one and listen to it actually kind of got me excited. So I thought it was a good show. Michael's always good, like you know David said. He's he tries not to give too much information but if steve throws it to him he'll he'll do it but he doesn't come across you know as a know-it-all i don't think but he does if steve throws it to him he's gonna you know talk about it so i think that's yeah. what's cool about michael is he's not really in the dark but he's also i wouldn't say he's standoffish but i feel like he's getting more and more comfortable kind of trying to break the news you know they talked a little bit about the red dawn pro taper thing he said he got ran out of a semi <laughs> so just little things like that, you know, kind of cool with Michael. He, he's yeah. doing a good job of trying to be in the know and, and represent the sport. You know, because people love pulp, but, you know, vital is always a big, big part of our industry. No matter sure. What. It's funny that you use the, the quote, uh, he doesn't seem like a know-it-all, because that's 
almost exactly what I hear from people that don't like him. Oh, he seems like a know-it-all. Yeah. Like he knows everything. And the thing is, like like Dave said, right? He is super knowledgeable on the writers, the history. Like he's like Weege and Steve, where like that he retains all that. But then he yeah. also is like Chris Kiefer, where he can go out and test a bike and talk about the the rolling carcass or whatever of a tire. That I'm going, whatever, dude. It's a tire. It's a tire, man. You know, like he can break <laughs> yeah. all that stuff down and understand it and feel it and then explain it. So yeah, the guy is, yeah, he's, he's great, man. I mean, I, and if he's you only, get, I, yeah, I think he's only, I think he only comes across as a know-it-all is if you, if you tee it up for him, like you have to like get him, get it teed up for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear he's not going to kind of interrupt. He's not going to interrupt Steve to like, no, no, this is what happened. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait yeah. for somebody yeah. to tee him up and then he'll throw the information out there. Yeah. All right, before we get into 502 anymore, uh, there's an email that I got. Steve forwarded it to me, and I meant to bring this up a couple weeks ago, and I kind of just dropped the ball. And I want to I read it because I, I – people like to say, you know, I, I'm always blowing Steve or whatever. You know, I, I'm a big fan, you know, and ta- and I always give I always give a lot of props to this show. Like, I mean, I, I feel like anybody that listens to the show loves this show, right? We're, we're Pope fans. Um, yeah. But this one really was really cool, and you get this sometimes from radio shows or bands or whatever where a fan, like, the, sh- the show means so much more than I'm just entertained by it. So I want to read this. Um, I'm not going to give the guy's name, but it says, To Steve, Chris, JT, Weege, Marks, Tits, Darkside, Blair, and the rest of the Pulp team, just wanted to say a massive thank you. Your show has honestly, honestly helped keep me alive. Uh, a lot of people have struggles out there, and I always thought I was fairly robust. But the last couple of years have been mega tough. When I was going through a real bad patch, you guys were genuinely genuinely there for me. Lots of shitty things happened to people. I felt everything was piling up on me. And with no real friends close by, my family in ill health, you guys stepped up and saved me. You may not realize that. I have a wonderful wife and two beautiful young children that are all worth being here for. The MX family here in the UK have helped me. Also, without them knowing, they're helping me. Uh, it's okay not to be okay sometimes. I've tried to find the words to tell you before, but it doesn't feel right going into too much detail. But I just wanted to say a heartfelt thank you for everyone and everything for everything you do for me and the rest of the pulp community. I wish I was better with words to be able to justify what you do for me. So just take the thank, thanks and trust me, okay? Uh, take care. And then he gives his name. But, um, yeah, I, I I'm sh- feel like I don't even know why I got listed in that. I'm a very, very small part of Pulp MX. But, yeah, I thought that was cool, man. Um, it's really cool when something entertainment-wise or whatever can really give somebody some a positivity, man. And, and Steve and Pulp MX and the Pulp MX Empire and all the networks, I, it seems like it's doing that for this guy, and I'm sure there's other guys out there. So appreciate that email. have no idea if you actually listened to the wrap-up show. But, um, yeah, it's really cool to see uh, Triple. Just It's cool that something like this – can mean so much to somebody, even when Steve probably doesn't realize, you know, hey, his janky radio show really is important to, to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say Steve is kind of a low-key celebrity. Like, it sounds it sounds stupid, but honestly, like, his fan base is pretty loyal. Like, that oh, yeah. guy, Yeah. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. If he does something or if someone does something to him, like, Twitter, Instagram, social media just blows up. So, I think Steve has done a really good job of connecting with people. And it's kind of like JT said, it's like things nowadays do not uh, seem to amaze him. Like it's just, um, Steve's just got something about him, man, that he, he can connect. So, yeah. Dave, any thoughts on that before we move on? 
No, I mean, I, I think I think it's absolutely rad, and I think it just goes to show how much uh, you know Pulp is part of the moto community as a whole. I mean, giving us moto nerds the opportunity to listen to something that's long form, that digs deep into all the topics we care about, talking to the celebrities and the sport that we care about. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, man. And I know yeah. I know you say you're you know, a huge part of it, Dark Side, but I can guarantee you, you are a good third of like all of Steve's content, dude. Whether it's you know, the pony intro that people love or like, you know, some sort of information on dark side, dude, like it, you're going to go down an infamy one day. So uh, we'll don't, see. don't tell yourself too short. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I fr- appreciate <laughs> yeah. the kind words, Dave. Uh, yeah. Thanks man. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, right off the bat. What? Oh, I thought you were saying. Oh, I, was, I was just, no, no, I was just laughing because Dave's right. Oh, well, thanks you. Thank you. Thank you. You don't give yourself enough credit, bro. That's eh, it's okay. We're just gonna, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> so right off the bat, I, I love to give Steve a hard time when there's technical difficulties, and I always watch on YouTube. Anybody that knows me knows that. And man, YouTube chat was blowing up Monday night when. The show is not on. It is. It's like uh, so. Local time for me: seven o'clock start time, seven o four, seven o five, seven o six. YouTube is just like, what the f? What is going on? Oh no! Shit went sideways. Oh god! Marks, where are you at? Like it's just blowing up. And I had the the app open, so I was listening to the audio on the app, and I was like, hey guys, it's on. They're working on it. Trust me, trust me. It's coming. It was like, what app? The new app? No, man, it's the old app. It's where just hang tight. But people were losing their shit. And I love it, Dave, when things go wrong because it just makes me, I always say, it makes me feel better about my own show when I have issues. To know <laughs> Steve has issues. But um, I, I forget, we've talked before. Do you watch on YouTube at all live? I think you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I def, I'm, I'm definitely a YouTube guy. Like, yeah. I, I got to have the visuals. I mean, it just, that's the best way to say consult, man, because everyone's. Using facial expressions of their hands, you know, you know us moto dudes. We're all using hands and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 funny. There's been a couple times when I've tuned in and I actually thought that like, man, maybe Steve's off this week, and he's it was just it was delayed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, no, I've I've definitely been one of the people that are like, what the heck is going on? I'm gonna flip my freaking table if the show's not <laughs> on. You know what I mean? So. I feel I feel the pain, man. I definitely feel the pain. Yeah. Well, with the YouTube stuff, like you said, the hand gestures. There's a moment. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show where Steve was saying something and you really needed the visual of what he was doing at the same time. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to it. But, and there was something last week too, where I was like, Oh, I know what it was. There was a discussion going on about the Glenn Helen stuff. And you could hear Kiefer and Paul Parabinos in the background going, Oh my God, while Steve was talking. And like, if you weren't watching YouTube, you didn't know what they were talking about last week, what they were reacting to. And they were actually watching the Alessi crash at Glen Helen at the, the two stroke race. And, and like, you wouldn't know that if you weren't watching YouTube. So the, yeah, we're going to talk about that again in a minute, but um, triple, you told me you had some thoughts that you told me off air about the YouTube chat. Yeah, like I said earlier in the show, I don't ever watch it on YouTube, so I'm watching it back right now, just kind of you know scrolling through it. And it's like, man, the chat's busy. Like it's yeah, it's, it's it is a whole lot of talking in here, and it's just a mixture of all kinds of stuff. It's uh, it's actually kind of you know cool to see people interact and and see what what's on their mind because not only are they talking about the show, but they're also talking about products and like this guy's talking about Kawasaki SRs. This guy's talking about boots. Like it's just it's almost good for for me and with how where I am in my in my career to kind of see what people are talking about and kind of see you know what information's yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. So just just another way to stay relevant. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I do the YouTube chat during the show, and then during the races, I'm usually in the Pulp Mix Fantasy chat, so the chats are cool. A uh, good way to connect with all the Pulp fans, and you get a little bit of love, you get a little bit of hate, you get a little bit of ball busting, it's good stuff. Um, yeah. All right, about to take off and say one more shout-out. Uh, Jeff Kinney with National Power Sport Auction, he reached out to Steve also a few weeks ago, and they are the guys, they're the ones that are going to transport my bike from California to Texas once I uh, go out and ride it here in a few weeks. Uh, and I think they do, they're not like uh, public, so you can't go just, hey, you can't, like a listener can't call them up and get them to ship a bike. They deal with dealerships and stuff like that. But I want to yep. give a shout out to Jeff for uh, doing that. He's going to ship it to me for free. So that's really cool of him. So thanks, Jeff, if you're listening. Uh, okay. Dave, the LCQ, the Yamaha LCQ race coming up this weekend. Topic at the beginning of the show was Cade Clayson in or out. It's still going on. It's been going on Twitter all day. Uh, and, um, damn, it, Michael Michael Lindsay said, ah, oh, yeah, he's already won. He can't win twice. And Steve Mathis said, well, he's on a team. He's making good money. You know, and throughout Twitter today, they've been battling because there was comparisons of like, well, what about Chiz? What about Breeze? What about A-Ray? You know, and what do you think, man? I feel like, I feel like Cade... If, if those other guys are in, if A-Ray, Brees, and Chiz are in, there's no reason Cade shouldn't be in. I know, and I feel super biased, man. I mean, Cade's been in my program for years. He's a good, good buddy of mine. So, of course, I want to see my buddy get some cash if he can, right? Yeah, um, but no, I mean, I mean, and plus, it may, I, mean, I look at it twofold, right? Like, he's not full, full factory support, obviously, so I think he does qualify. But also, it makes for some amazing racing. If you get Cade in there, who's been – a really solid top 15 guy this, this year, that makes for another talented person in there who can mix things up. Plus, I feel like Kate is such a part of the Public Mix family. you got to include the guy in there, right? I like think so. There, there really is no privateer pod without, like, Kate and A-Ray. So, to <laughs> yeah, me, right. you know, to me, I think, like, you know, Open Mix kind of goes, yeah, they're staples, man. you got to have the guy in there. So, I'm all, I'm all for Kate being a lot of uh, in there. I mean, I, again, I think it's going to be for amazing racing and, and for us for us fans out there, especially us super fans and pulp fans. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to add another dimension of why we want to watch this race, you know? Absolutely. Uh, triple hashtag freecade. Yeah, I, I kinda can, I'm kind of kind of new to all this. Like I said, I haven't listened to uh, podcasts in a long time. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at the points, and Brees is beating Cade in the standings, but I get Brees is out of his van. But it's uh, why is A Ray in and, and Cade's out? Because they both ride for the same team. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely so. good points being made by Cade and some guys. But then somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey, have you got forgotten? This is Steve's race." Which he's not wrong, but Steve's wrong sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, K, even Cade was like, oh, "I'll start backwards with Chiz in the back row. It's fine. Just let me in." So. I hope he gets oh, is Chiz in too? Yeah, Chiz, yeah, Chiz is in, uh, and he, he'll be starting backwards. So, damn, Triple, you, yeah, haven't, Chiz... li- you haven't listened in a while. <laughs> no, it's, dude, I honestly have not done podcasts since, uh, probably since the last wrap-up I did with you. Wow, okay. Whatever that was. It's yeah. been a while, so, yeah. well, yeah, Chiz is in. Yeah, yeah, it's been a hot minute. I mean, come on. Yeah, that... see, Chiz is eighth, 18th in points, and Kate is 21st. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird reasoning, but isn't most of Steve's thoughts a little bit out there? A little bit on you. You can't always follow yeah. him. <laughs> I mean, he gets to do it. That's the beauty of Steve. He gets to do what he wants. That's why we love him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jason Anderson for a minute. Um, well, let's just listen to the audio. So, Jason Anderson, mm-hmm. great ride, fantastic uh, fifth win this year. 
He two more, in a row. More than a year he won the yes. title, correct? More than a year he won the title. He f- says he feels like he's riding better than when he won the title, which I would 100% agree with. And again, it's a broken record, but if you go back and look at the races he's thrown away, I mean, this is a tremendous season for him. It is incredible what he has done. I was thinking, okay, possibly no more wins for the season. Not that like I just thought he might be on the podium and kind of ride out the season, start getting ready for outdoors, but yep. to come back and stamp it like this, it... One thing kind of caught me is a statistic that's funny with him is if he were to retire without winning a second title, he would be the only person since Juan Michelle, or Michelle Bale in 1991 that only won one premier title in their career. Everybody since 1991 has at least won two titles. Supercross. And Supercross, yes. Because yes. Bale won outdoors. He's doing everything right to be geared up to how, you know next year be in it. How about this? He's never won an outdoor national either class. Yes, correct. over and overall, he's won a moto on a two fifty and think a moto on a four fifty. I, oh, I think he won a moto on a four fifty two. Okay, I remember Bud's Creek yeah. on the two fifty. So, never won an overall in a motocross yeah. race. Do you think he gets one this year? I hate to waffle and be like right in the middle. I'm like right on the fifty fifty. Doesn't surprise me if he doesn't get one. Wouldn't be shocked Are if he gets it. Me? I think he gets one. Yeah, gets I it. do. I think he gets one. Uh, I don't know. You know, Ferrandez is going to be great. Tomas going to be great. But there's got to be room for some more guys in there. Um, Especially the fact that he's ending, super, like I said, Supercross on such a high note. I, right. I think even, you know, there were so many question marks a year he even won the title. Like, how motivated is this guy? How hard is he yeah. going to work? Like, yeah. I think a lot of that, it's so crazy to think that he's won a championship. He's this late in his career, but I'd say this season more than ever has ended a lot of that speculation of, like, if Jace yeah. Anderson really wants to be here, how hard he wants to work all that. Yeah, Triple, some really good info on Jason there. Before I let you respond, though, uh, as much as we hyped up Michael Lindsay a little bit ago, he did almost call Jean-Michel Bale Juan Michel Bale. Come on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Juan. It's, he, he was the Juan oh. at the time. But what? He was number one. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Justin, good stuff on Jason there. I, I really like the question of whether he's going to get an overall outdoors. Um, I think this is his year. Uh, what are your thoughts on what they had to say about Jason just as a whole, though? Uh, you know, fifth year, uh, you know, a great ride, right? A bunch of wins. Tremendous season, yeah. obviously, turned around. He, he Like what uh, Michael said, he's really shown – to, he's disproven, I think, what a lot of people thought of him, of like, oh, he's just kind of mailing it in almost. Like The, the guy is proving that he loves to do this, and I think he gets – I definitely think he gets an overall. Yeah, I, I would hope so, right, the way he's riding. Um, it is crazy to think, though, that he's never won an overall. Mm-hmm. He's He's been close, like Glenn Helen and a couple other ones where he's won – like they say, I think he won a moto at Glenn Helen and I can't remember where, where else, but – yeah, I mean, the, he looks great on the bike. So it's uh, it's one of those things that with Adam not being outdoors this year, everything's going to be on him. So it should be interesting. I, I hope I pick I picked him to maybe win a championship this year for Supercross. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's going to carry that momentum into outdoors. It's just you know how it is with this sport. We just hope everybody stays healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course they won't, but we're going to cross our fingers. Uh, Dave. Yeah. That the the. The stat that he was that Michael brought up about he if he was to retire, he could be the only you know the only guy to, to only win one title since John Michelle Bell. That's going to be. Yeah, I think this this was his year. Like I think 
it's going to be even tougher next year, in my opinion. Like, I, I feel like he might – that stat might go down as a lock. I mean, I, I'm not saying he can't win a championship next year or the year after, but I think every year it gets a little less likely. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. But, man, look at the way this guy is riding this year. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for a couple of bad rides and a couple of get-offs, I mean, this we could be seeing a super close championship points battle right now between him and Tomac. Oh, I mean, God, the, he yes. looks so – he looks so freaking good on the bike, and it's crazy that as good as he looks on the bike now, uh, he looks. You know, he, he he's not in the in the points lead. I mean, when he won the title, what was that, eighteen or something? Yeah, 17? eighteen. Yep. Yeah, he he looks he looks maybe half as good as this, right? So I'm still a little bit baffled in how he's not a little closer up in the points chase. But I, I think a lot of people did not expect both Tomac and Anderson to be this good on new equipment this soon. So it probably wouldn't surprise us that much, to be honest with you, if he comes outdoors and he's the guy outdoors, right? So, I mean, I could see it really going either way, man. He could come out and just absolutely crush it and be the guy, kind of like what Veranda did last year on the Cowie. He looks that good. Or we could see him, you know, continue to be, do what he's doing, top three, top five in outdoors and really not be that uh, that championship contender in, in, in motocross, but... Man, I sure as hell hope so. I hope he's the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, re- I just watching him ride that bike. It's been some of the most unreal riding I've seen in a while. I mean, it's it's just it's masterful. The guy is getting traction in places where I never thought you can get traction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. seat bouncing, triple, you know, it triple in to, to some section from the inside. Man, it's like it's holy crap. So um, I'd be bummed to see him not get like you know at least another major title. But um, yeah, it's. It, I agree with you, Dark Side. It's going to be very difficult, man. Like, the talent pool is only going to continue to keep getting deeper and deeper, and we're going to have more and more young blood in that in that class. So if he's going to do it, he better, he better do it soon. Definitely. Uh, Tony Cairoli, pre-recorded interview towards the end of the show. Really, I love when he gets the GP guys on, especially guys of that level. Um, Tony's fun to hear from, Dave, and he hasn't, man. I, I know Steve's interviewed him before, but I feel like it's been a long time. Um didn't pull any audio from this, but he, man, he's he's in for the first two. Sounds like he really like wants to do as many as possible. He he talked about like I'd love to ride all the tracks because I think Steve asked him like, what tracks do you really want to race? You know, and he's like basically all of them. Uh, sounds like he's super excited, and I have the feeling that he, he's going to figure it out. And I think he'll be at a lo- most of them, if not all of them. I hope so. I'm such a huge Cairoli fan. I mean. I, no one is a better overall guy than him. I mean, he's so good and hard packed and sand and, uh, you know what I mean? Everything in between. He's a jumper. He's really good at the old, old style, like, you know, grass tracky kind of GP track. So uh, I'm just a huge fan of his and I'm really excited to see what he does at our tracks, right? So when Hurlings came and rolled, I think it was Ironman 2018, maybe 2019. Man, he made the track look like it was the freaking 50 track, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. To him, to him, it was probably like a super groomed, easy track, you know, nice smooth jumps. And yeah. I wonder if Cairoli will think the same thing. Because remember, those guys ride freaking war paths, man. Like, I mean, those tracks are so gnarly and they go so fast. So I, I'm very curious, not only as a fan of Cairoli, but as a fan of the sport, and see what he thinks of our tracks and what he can do with our competition. Because remember, he's coming in riding tracks he's never ridden before. Our guys in the 450 class have ridden these since you could probably argue like area qualifiers for Loretta's, right? Yeah. All those yeah. years ago. So yeah. I'm really surprised to see him, man. And I think it's going to be great either way, right? Either way, we're going to have a GP guy over here mixing things up, adding another splash of color, you know what I mean? 
So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm really really excited. Me too. Me too. Triple, like I said, it's really cool. You can hear his excitement about just coming over and spending some time with the family, seeing some things. Like they're gonna make this thing a fun trip. And, but you can tell he still has the passion for racing, which I'm glad to hear. Uh, I want you to comment on that, but also something that kind of surprised me about him was Steve's like, hey, maybe you should just rent a, a motorhome and go across the country. He said, like, I don't like driving, which I don't know why, but, like, I stereotype Italians as people that would love driving. I mean, Ferrari, F1, like, you're Italian, dude. You should be, I don't know. Like, I was, I thought that was funny. That he's like, I don't like driving. But anyway, what are your thoughts on Tony? Tony's going to be exciting. I think it'll be good. And from what I heard, I could be wrong, but Italy, they, they walk everywhere. They don't, they don't drive. Oh, they, maybe. They, they, they hate it. They hate it. Um, I should know more about that. To, I'm Italian. Yeah, I had to ask my buddy who, who does MotoGP, but I'm pretty sure they hate, like, they, it's all motorcycles and walking. That's why okay. they're all, like, all right. kid. you don't see any fat people in Italy. <laughs> That's um, true, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean, it's going to be good. And, you know, Tony said a few things that made me think he wants to ride a lot more. Like he's going to do donations. Um, he's had a production bike for a while now. He's got a stock bike from KTM. That's an American version. Um, so he hinted a few things that makes me think that he's not going to leave, leave after two rounds. Right. Yeah, I so. agree. I, I feel like he really wants to spend some time over here. Um, he wants to check out all the tracks. Like I mentioned, he, he said, uh, and, and just see places he's never seen, and just and spend some time with the family, man. And yeah, I think yeah. It, I, I hope it works out, man. It's 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 very exciting that, that the possibility of well him state being here all year and Hurlings maybe coming over. Like I dig it, man. I mean, I I just I want to see good racing, and I think those guys will yeah. obviously add to the show. So yeah, and I think uh, I think Pro Motocross is really trying to do some stuff different. You know, I know we're gonna probably get to that here in a little bit with with the Mav with the Mav interviews, but yeah. I think pro motocross is going to be exciting this year. And for us, it's something that, you know, a lot of people are speculating what's going to happen to pro motocross in a couple of years with world supercross coming. So, um, I think with Crowley coming over, it, it should be exciting stuff. I, I know Steve hates it when we get off topic, but just that, you know, David and, and dark side, I mean, what do you guys think if he stays all 12, you know, where do, where do we think he lands? Go ahead. Dave. Oh man, that would be honestly, I would not be surprised if this guy is consistently top three and like within striking distance of of the title. If he does, if he does all of them and has the support he needs, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, if he is, if I like he is that. In the top three. I like that. Yeah, he kind of touched on his fitness not being where it needs to be. He's got a, what a month to go to get ready. But so, like, yeah. let's say he does do them all. I, I think he may start off slow. And I don't think the fact that he hasn't raced a lot of these tracks or most. You know, if any of it, yeah, not, he hasn't raced all these tracks. Doesn't mean shit. Like, I mean, these guys are so talented. No. A couple laps, he'll have it figured yeah. out. Uh, so that I'm not worried about. So, yeah, I easily could see him top, I'm definitely top five. Um, I, I don't know that I'll go top three. I, it's certainly possible, but top five, I'd say almost guaranteed. Um, if everybody stays healthy, the guy is unreal. So, God, I hope he does. Whew. Yeah, for sure. And, and the sick. thing is, like, even, even even with his fitness, he those guys do longer motos on rougher tracks. True. You know what I mean? Very true. So, yeah. You, yeah. you got you yeah. to keep that in mind. He's going he's gonna to be doing 30 plus two yeah. on tight, a lot smoother tracks than he's used to. So yeah. he might get done. Consideration. He might get done and be like, uh, I thought it got rough. What happened? <laughs> yeah, if, the, if, the weather, if the weather's like recent years, it's not going to be too hot. Yeah. I feel like some of these outdoors have not been that hot yeah. like normal. 
Hey, for 22 years, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of easy-to-install zip-on Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. All right, let's talk about this up-and-coming kid, man. This, this kid, he's breaking on the scene. We're starting to hear a little bit about him. Jet Lawrence. Good personality, mediocre personality. Seems to be having some fun <laughs> doing this racing. Um, but in all reality, Dave, is it too much Jet too often? Are we, are we getting Jet overload? To be honest with you, man, again, I'm, I'm going to be biased here, but I don't think so. Like, okay. I, I really, I think watching him, and I'll, and I'll, you know, just, I'll do the fan perspective. Um, I, I, watching him ride, he doesn't ride like your typical 18 year old kid, right? We watch him ride and he, he almost knows when to back it down. He knows when to wick it up. He's got just tons of talent. He's almost, the technique is like almost perfect on the bike. Um, and number one, and, and, and he, he's giving back to, to his fans, man, I, I see him. You know, every race, he's he's staying late in the autograph line. He's taking pictures. He's signing stuff. You know, people are giving him custom stuff. He's taking pictures with them. Like, it's uh, it's cool, man. It's kind of like, kind of like a people's champ. You know what I mean? He's got a great personality. He's got a great team around him for promotions and marketing. And it's just, I I personally don't think so. I think he backs it up with the way he treats his fans and the way that he rides the motorcycle. Yeah. If you were to say like, oh, well, the kids like. You know, just uh, just hyped up on Instagram. He's not riding that well. Doesn't take it very serious. I could probably I could I could turn the other end of that argument, but I mean, he's really delivering on all of the fame, the clout that everyone's kind of giving him. You know what I mean? The guy's 18, Supercross champion. He's our outdoor champion, defending for for the 250 class, and uh, he's riding like he's just got he's got more in the tank, and he's winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I feel like we're seeing 90 percent, 85 percent jet. So. God knows what's going to happen on the road. And, and you know, uh, I get a chance to hang out with him at the races and chat and, and, and do some stuff like that. And he's just such a down-to-earth kid, man. Like, his whole his whole family, his whole team, we can laugh for hours about just nothing, right? Super cool kids. So, dude, I, I think it's worth all the hype, man. He's, it's, 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 it's really cool to see that energy. Now, I will say, do I think he's, like, JF7 quite yet? I don't think so. I don't think we'll ever see another person that was as polarizing as impactful as, as James was, mm-hmm. but hell, this kid is, this kid is, this kid is, he, he, he's, he's worth talking about in the same breath, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think so. And Triple, kind of touching on what Dave said, like, when I asked if there's like too much Jedi, I, I, I agree. I think he's, earn, he's earning the hype, but not only based off what some of the stuff, what Dave said, like with the, the writing, but yeah, his personality. Like, if you listen to interviews with Jet, or his brother, I've done a bunch of them. You hear the the maturity and how well they were raised. Basically, like the kid does really appreciate what he's gotten, what he's been given. Um, he has really good people in his corner. If you listen to like what he's talking about, spending his money on, you know, he's not like a dumb kid going out and just blowing money. Like he's being smart. He's helping his family. house you know, trying to get a house and. You know, yeah, he's going to buy a car, but he's not going out like, I'm going to buy a Lambo and I'm going to buy one of these. Like, the kid seems to have everything together and the right people in his corner to be something very, very special. 
Yeah, I would say if you asked me that question 10 years ago, I probably would be like, yeah, that guy's too much. But now, you know, as you get older and you kind of see what he's doing and what Lucas is doing, what the family's doing, they're kind of changing the sport. And, you know, some people might hate that, but it's just, you know, it's something that we need, right? Like Jet kind of talked about on the show where Ricky says the distractions and like Jet said, this is becoming part of his job, right? Like Instagram and Twitter and all this TikTok, like those guys have to stay engaged and stay in this limelight. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's it's their job, like they they that's how they make their money. So the more Lucas can get them out there and get them in, involved and engaged, they're they're just building their brand. And I think that's what Lucas is doing a really good job at doing with this with this whole family is he's building a brand that's going to be kind of what David talked about. It might not get to the Stewart level, but who knows in the next five, 10 years, what these kids are going to be like. But right now they're on the path to be creating a brand that can set them up for life. Yeah. I, and I think you're absolutely right. And Lucas is doing a good job in the family. Yeah, they are, they are very business oriented uh, with pre- preparing for the future with like all that stuff, making smart moves. But also on top of that, also too, a lot of those decisions, like those decisions aren't just, financially based like we're going to do the right things we're going to like dave said we're going to hang out with the fans to make sure we have a good fan base like so that our financial security can be you know be strong it's it's like he genuinely genuinely loves doing that stuff he actually talked about it a little bit like you know i love hanging out with the fans you know like uh, he, he he talks about that i've heard him talk about it before like um how important that is might be this kid's only time to ever see him so that stuff is really important to him um i want to move on to what Michael Lindsay asked him about. So he asked about the two titles and kind of to compare them. Is excluding that the outdoor was your first professional championship, which one kind of means more to you? Does the Supercross one, is that something you've really looked up to more? or Definitely the Supercross one because the Supercross knocked me down a lot more times than outdoors. Outdoors I had one year and it was uh, went pretty smoothly where Supercross knocked me down pretty harsh two years in a row. So it, this one felt more, it's like a, uh, kind of defeating that bully that always picked up like beat you down that stuff and then you finally end up fighting him and, and knocking him out and end up winning it's kind of like that feeling i mean i'm just old school the motocross ones are so gnarly to win like you know heat mud rain two motos yeah. and jet was like nah supercross <laughs> so tv i imagine you guys you know watching probably reedy as a kid supercross on tv probably was more what you guys watched growing up and yeah. probably was what your dream was more wrapped around i would imagine to be honest, the dream of like kind of being a uh, like Supercross champion was only like kind of recently, really. I mean, when I came over here, mm-hmm. the uh, when I was a kid, when, when Supercross was on, friends would come over. There'd be pizza. I was eating pizza and playing with mates. So I, I never really watched <laughs> Supercross much. Yeah. So uh, I was too busy being a kid. When I came over to Europe, probably it was uh, probably when we got more serious. And that was when it was more of a it's folks on Europe of becoming like, mm-hmm. just faster. It was never really a goal, just just kind of wanting to be the be faster and be better than anyone else I race at race against. Because mm-hmm. then I was used to just going winning every race by thirty seconds. Like would joke around, kind of saying how many seconds we could uh, that I could win by. So when I went to Europe, I got I got beat. I was I was like, oh damn! Like I got beat straight up for most of the year, but uh, at the end. I finally put in enough hard work to kind of uh, 
be there, Ron. That was kind of like the goal this for the next two years. And then when obviously when I came to America, then it was uh, obviously seeing what's next for me. And obviously Supercross outdoors was uh, also so. Then the goal switched to I want to be a Supercross championship mm-hmm. and obviously an outdoor championship. Triple, what I like about this is not is he's not saying okay he he said that the Supercross one means a little more. But not because oh it's cooler, uh, there's you know there's more people watching oh because of the lights and the the show, it's because Supercross kicked my ass more the first couple of years and it was a challenge like I had to I had to figure it out you know I had to I had to work my ass off to figure this out basically and, and get beat up and come back like that's something like an old an adult a vet would say you know like this kid is not as it wasn't the hype of supercross was cooler it was that it 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 beat me up at first and i had to overcome that that's why it's more special i like that answer yeah it's it's one of those things kind of like david pointed out earlier he's real mature on and off the track like i didn't i didn't know what all the hype was about two three years ago yeah you watch the kid ride and he's so patient and so methodical um, and I think he's like that when he does his interviews too, I think he's kind of just trained himself and, you know, maybe that's with his dad and watching his brother, you know, he's, he's had a lot of people do stuff before him to where he can watch and learn, you know, he's like, he said, the internet came out when he was born in 2002 or whatever, <laughs> what, 2003. So, I mean, for him, he's had YouTube, he's had all this stuff and I don't know how much he watches it, you know what I mean? But it sounds like he's pretty invested in it now. So like I said, I think it's it's a lot of people are starting to hate the jet talk, but the kid is is on the path to uh, to do some some exciting things for the sport. Yeah, and I th- I don't know about you guys, but I think that the hate for me, I can see it coming from because it's always about jet, always like he deserves a lot of the hype, but sometimes the the announcers take it a little too far, Dave. Where it's you know it's like jet this, jet that, you know, and there's other guys out there or. Or Jet's brother Hunter, or whatever, and I think, I think it's just a little bit of the phrasing or the excessive amount of how everything. There's, there's maybe a little bit too much centered around Jet sometimes from the commentating side. I don't know. No, definitely. I mean, I I can see that sometimes for sure. Like you know, when I watch the races back and stuff, I'm like, holy crap, okay, it's like yeah. a Jet Lawrence show. Yeah, but uh, yeah. no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I, I get it, right? I mean, that's the people, or they go crazy for them whenever you talk about them and stuff like that. I totally get it, but yeah, I mean, I, and that, that could be probably set for for a lot of other races too. You know, what I mean, there's races. I remember as a kid where there was a cool battle happening between Kevin Windham and like you know uh, Tim Ferry in the background, but the camera was pointed at Ricky the entire time, right? right? So, I mean, I, I think that's just the nature of our of our sport where we talk about the most polarizing, most uh, you know, most uh, intriguing or fast person where, uh, you know, we, we might we might miss a cool a few of the cool things that are happening in the background or behind the behind the leaders and yeah. behind that star figure. You know, I just thought of, I don't know if this is a good yeah. analogy if that's even the right term, but uh, he's sort of becoming the face of the Supercross and maybe failed once that kind of like this is for you, Weege. Back in the 80s when Hulk Hogan was the face of WWE, there might be other wrestling going on, but it was yeah. still all about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy, yeah, actually. For sure. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that because I, I feel like I stretched. But thanks, thanks, Dave. <laughs> no, uh, hey, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, dark sure, side. Sure. Yes, yes. So we know how this show was about stats, right? We had we had really good stats this show. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
here's another stat for you. Okay. Jet Lawrence. Jet Lawrence on Supercross St. Jude's auction. Yep. His race jersey is currently at $5,800. Okay. Holy crap. Who do you think is in second place right now? Uh, I'd say Eli, it, maybe, or Jason. So Jeff's the highest, highest item right now on this bid. There's, okay. You know, tons of items. Tons of items. Yeah. He's 5800 Eli Tomac's autographed jersey, race-worn jersey, is $4,100. Wow, $1,700 $1,700 difference between a two-time champion, about to be a two-time Supercross yeah. champion, and a 19-year-old kid with a East Regional Championship and an Outdoor Championship. Hey, that's that says volumes. Good job there, Triple. <laughs> Good job. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's pretty nuts, right? Yeah. Like $5,800 for a jersey for a 19-year-old kid. That is nuts. Um, this, the topic came back up again when a caller called in, uh, I believe his name was Levi and basically asked the same question. Of course he gets berated by Steve. No, he literally answered that whole question. The exact question. Levi. Uh, no, I got, I, well, I got a different one. Okay, wait. Okay. No, he's, got a, different, he's got a different answer. Go. go ahead, Jet. Um, the, uh, my, uh, the biggest difference I can pick is from the outdoors one. It was a lot more of a struggle. Uh, it was. I was in the struggle street. It was started off really nicely, but halfway it kind of hit struggle street, and was uh, was behind. And I think uh, the biggest thing I learned from from that championship, which made this championship way better than the other one, I would say, is I had. I just had to not make sure I didn't give up and end up not giving up and came away with the championship, which definitely felt nice. And uh, then the difference with this one probably makes it felt feel better is that. I don't want to jinx myself, but uh, so far, my uh, I've been on the podium each every time at each run, and that was my goal from uh, after Colt Nichols did it last year. Last year with racing, Colt kind of definitely helped me a lot more in this championship. Like listening to his interviews after the uh, championship, just hearing what he what he has to say and that stuff, and it helped me a lot in the championship situation of being more consistent. Trying to stay out of the carnage and that stuff, I think uh, that's what made it more special for me. Uh, Dave, so the follow-up answer was once again showing some more maturity, like his his uh, thoughts or his appreciation for Colt Nichols. Like most kids would probably be like, "Yeah, they're not going to give credit to another guy or whatever." And Jet's like, "Yeah, man, I learned something." From Colt, like it really meant a lot. I, I watched him. I paid attention. Like he's absorbing all this, and we're hearing this on Pulp MX, right? From the from great questions and great content, and we're learning that Jet is not really your typical eighteen year old kid. Like, yeah, he's a goofball. He, he's like, yeah, I, I wanted to hit those guys in the face, you know, punch him in the face for the 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 champagne shower or whatever, you know. But he, he's a kid, but he's he's really really paying attention to things around him and how to become better. No, most definitely. I think the, the maturity also, we could, we could, you know, put that in the, in the category of awareness too. You know what I mean? Like he's very aware of, of where he is right now. He's the opportunity he's got in front of him, who, who's around him, right? You know, like all the aspects he can learn from. I think it's, 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 it's great. And, um, you know, I can, you can definitely tell on the look of his, uh, look at his face that the, the Supercross title definitely meant more, man. I mean, I think, that makes perfect sense to me because things are are much more appreciated when they're earned in blood yeah, and, yeah. and tears. You know, like I think about the 
you know, summers of me having to pay for my own dirt bike versus the one that my parents bought me. The dirt bike, dirt bike that I bought, I guarantee you that oil was changed and those filters were changed between every <laughs> single ride. So, no, I, I definitely feel that, man. And, and I, I'm really excited to see how that maturity ends up evolving and, and, and crafting his um, his career in the sport, man. I think it's going to save him just so many, so many headaches and, and maybe help him attain a lot more accolades and titles because he can think things through. He can have that awareness. Uh, and, and pair that with just his all-out talent, man. I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit for Jet. I know I yeah. sound like a kind of like a, a super Jet fanboy, but I mean that's how it is, right? That's kind of what Ricky was like too, dude. Ricky came out as a hot amateur, probably on a lot more people's radars than Jet was coming from coming from Australia. And dude, Ricky did just that. Had a good team around him. Yep. Knew how to race the bike well. Got a got a good training regimen. And dude, he's our goat right now, right? So yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and I had to one more just uh, example of his maturity was Steve asked him about the conversation with Jet uh, with Austin Forkner after the main event the other night, and Austin last night confirmed what Jet said. He was like, "Yeah, man, he he came up and said congrats on, on the win, and you know, I wish I wish we could have done this more throughout the year. Like that would have been cool. So that that's just man, yeah, he's he's a good kid. Um, a couple one more thing with Jet is. Uh, a caller called in and asked about possibly him riding some 450s uh, on the other coast in the future, and we'll listen to what he had to say. There's been like some, you know, some talk, you know, even Steve and everybody that uh, next year, like when you get your break from your 250s to try some 450 races on the opposite coast. Do you really want to try just jumping into a 450 here race without actually really getting into it and? Most uh, most people that know me, I'm up for anything. I uh, not I don't really care how good a person is. No disrespect to like them, but I would I would race Eli without hesitating. He'd probably smoke me, but <laughs> I'm gonna go in there and still give it my best and be smarter. To faster, you can't go get faster by yourself. So I mean. Beating, getting beat, I feel like it'd be would be nice for me. It always helps me become a better racer and just build that drive more. So maybe I might do some four fifty stuff, but uh, we will we will see. Yeah. Definitely maybe outdoors, but uh, not one hundred percent sure on it yet. It's kind of more like twenty percent sure. But um, <laughs> I feel like the factories shy away from that. They didn't used to. You know, Chad Reed rode the two fifty on the other coast, right? On the two four fifty on the other coast, even when he was a championship contender. Michael Byrne did it, Nick Way did it. All these guys did it back in the day and factories were like, Oh well, like go ahead. Like that's cool. And now they're like they want to bubble wrap their contenders, right? They want to bubble wrap oh. their riders and be like, We can't let you race on the other coast because you make it hurt or whatever. Uh Dave, just uh, there's another example, right? Like uh getting beat will make me better. Um not afraid to talk about that. Like uh, man, I don't know. We're, we're, we're kind of like a broken record here, but just that whole interview, Jet continuously gave a lot of stuff that was showing maturity, showing that everything he's here to do is to be better and be one of the best all time. Like, he's not just – I mean, he's serious about it. Oh, for sure. I mean, and that that was a really good point that, uh, that Steve brought up. You feel like you don't see that mm-hmm. adventure side of the sport anymore, right? Like, the riders are here for their one thing whether that be the Supercross only, which is a whole other can of worms, or like, you know, having, having those guys really stay on the, on the bike that they're contending for for a long time. I mean, we don't see people take up in the box that much or, or do outside things. And I, and I think the fact that he wants to put himself in a position where he's not top dog so that he can therefore, you know, 
being tried to the trial by fire kind of deal and, and, uh, and, and get sharpened a little bit better. I think that's super smart. That shows his willingness to want to learn, to be a student of the sport, uh, you know, and to put his ego aside, man. Probably the biggest sign of maturity is when you can kind of let your ego falter and fall to the side and, and learn from adversity, right? Or, yeah, or, yeah. or your contemporary. So, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's super great, man. And again, as a fan, I would love to see Jet mix it up on the opposite coast, man, in the 450. How freaking awesome would that be? <laughs> that would be cool. I would be surprised if we see it, but it would be – it's always cool when we got to see that in the past. It was always exciting. Yeah. But yeah, added something else. Uh, Triple, last thing on, on Jet – Steve asked him about like, hey man, are you tired of you know like your sponsors just needing posts and all the obligations? And he kind of said, nah, man, it's part of the gig, you know. Um, like as a kid, he's like, as a kid, you'd be pumped to do an interview, right? I, and you see that you see kids at like local tracks that come off and they get to do a an on on mic coming off the track interview, and they're all excited. And he, he kind of yeah, it's like, no, man, it's cool. It's like it's exciting. I should still be I should still be happy to do it. That though, I feel like just that's just my gut feeling is that was him just saying the right thing because I kind of feel like he would rather not be doing Pulp Monday Night. I know I didn't get a response for my show last night. Uh, like I think he would. Pro- he, he's about to have a lot of obligations, even more than he already had. And I, I think my that might have been the politically correct answer. I could be wrong, but I bet the kid would rather just go play some golf. I would say you're right. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where, yeah, he's, he's got to always be careful what he says. You know what I mean? So, um, he's probably, like you said, he's probably just being, you know, PC with it, but yeah. it seems like he's pretty, pretty heavily involved though. So, I mean, but he's still young too, right? Like right now it's, everything sounds fun. Everything's dandy, but you know, two three years from now, you know, what's it going to be like? You know what I mean? So yeah. I, it's one of those things where he's still young. Um, yeah, he might. Get, he might I become. Guess I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's just maybe the way he was raised. You know, you you ask RV at eighteen years old, nineteen years old, when he was winning his titles. You know what what his thoughts are are on interviews and everything. So it just might be just a different outlook, right? Yeah. So, um, it's just yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We've seen like Eli and uh, like Cooper. Man, those guys aren't as easy to get on. The, the interviews anymore Jason those guys once they get yeah once they get to that 450 class and the, the more pressures and they start backing it down and it makes all they're a little more difficult to get these interviews done with but we'll, we'll see what happens I hope yeah. Jet stays that way um, Gus Racing guys Gus Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company uh, they're offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross supercross and off-road competition Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's the style of performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for more info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, man, this, yeah, that stuff's good. You want the good grip, you got to go with Guts Racing. Oh, uh, All right, how yeah. about this? Andy, nope. uh, Andy just sent me a seat. Andy just sent me a purple seat for a '96 KX100. Oh hell yeah! Ooh. Uh, yeah, a little Check. restoration yeah. project. You got purple bars for that thing? That's awesome. No, I should have. I know. Yeah, they didn't do them in they didn't do them in seven eight, so only <laughs> right, right. That's right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, um, let's go with this. This was a question that was asked a few times. Weirder situation at this last race. Um. 
Webb going backwards or Tomac's overall result after Jason passed him? That, that Those were both fairly strange. Uh, JT said Tomac for sure. I don't know, man. Steve, Steve Mathis kind of brought some topics up, some ideas that we're going to listen to in a second. But, Dave, what do you think, man? Was it one of those weirder than the other? Definitely Webb going backwards, especially with the start he had. Starting toward, kind of closer towards the front, where we really haven't seen him do this, uh, this past season. I thought for sure we'd see the web of last year, like that just bulldog, just never say die, like underdog kind of, uh, kind of gumption. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, I thought for sure we'd have a just all out battle between him and like Anderson and Tomac up front. But man, he really went backwards. And this is not the same, uh, you know, web esque rides that we've seen in the past couple of years, man. You gotta remember this is the same guy that came from like 15th to pass Kenny. Uh, you know, on the last lap for first, right? Time and time again. And to see somebody like Webb, of, of the reigning, you know, champ right now, uh, just kind of throwing the anchor out and getting passed by guys that he would blow by last year, it was just really shocking to me, man. You know, I, I don't think we're too shocked by really any result that we see from Tomac. We've seen him kind of at the ups and downs. Really haven't seen Webb have that many downs since he's been a watch bike. So that one was very, very surprising Okay. All right. Triple, what about you, man? I'm going to say Webb. I feel like he was starting to build a little bit of confidence. And yeah. I was expecting him to stay on a podium. You know, Tomac, I can kind of see. I think he was just kind of playing it safe, just, you know, saying, hey, this isn't my night. And to go back to seventh was, was unexpected. But for, for Webb to drop as much as he did, um, I would say that's more kind of surprising to me because I felt like being back at Alden's and Marvin getting a win on that bike, like they're starting to figure stuff out. Yeah, but seems like uh, seems like they still got some strides to make. I'm gonna say that I feel like it's for me. It was kind of equally surprising because <clears throat> I, I'm surprised. I've been surprised with Webb all year, right? I think all of us have that. He even with the bike changes, the new bike, I still am surprised that it hasn't gone very well. Uh, so, but he has been getting better. So I, I was a little bit. You know, it was a little bit weird that he dropped back so much so fast. But then at the same time, I was like, okay, well, Tomac hasn't had these weird races all year. So I guess I'm kind of going to waffle. I'm going to go. It's about 50 50 percent pie for me on those guys. Um, But then you got to look at the fact that, you know, yeah, Eli's going for a championship ride. And he's just like, all right, thank Well, let's listen to the audio that I have and, and I'll finish that statement. Dude, do you have any reason, either one of you, Michael Lindsay or Jason Thomas, to think like, like that this goes on next week. I feel like if he's in the zone, I just feel like he goes for for win like there's it's all or nothing. So I'd say next weekend, home crowd, all yeah. the good vibes. No. I think he's right back to battling Jason for the win. Because remember Atlanta didn't go great. I think it's situational. Um I think this past weekend in Foxborough, if Anderson didn't get aggressive there and Tomac was allowed to get around Webb without being contested, I think maybe he goes on to win that. I really do seemed like Anderson just kind of spooked him or put worry into him that didn't previously exist. Um, and I think he just kind of threw off his whole race. So yeah. if he can get the start and he doesn't have any sort of issue early on and he's allowed to kind of race his own race, then I think he'll be fine. But if Anderson gets aggressive, Barsha gets aggressive, anybody throws him off and makes him start thinking more than he normally would, then maybe he backs it off again. So, anyway, to finish what I was saying is, yeah, Eli's going for this championship, right? And he's got to he's got to be smart. He wants to go out. He wants to close it out. But if something happens, like JT was dead on, 
if something happens to throw his game off, maybe he's like, all right, not tonight. Let's just be smart. And to, to kind of concrete that response, talking to Justin Cooper last night, and we were talking about Christian Craig trying to wrap up the championship in these next two rounds. And I brought that topic up. Like, you know, do you think, yeah, do you go out and you ride like you normally do? Do you back it down? Because sometimes you back it down. That's when things go wrong. And he's like, yeah, man, last year, you know, going into Salt Lake City, like my goal was to win. I wanted to win that showdown. Uh, and then Hunter, Hunter Lawrence ran it in on me. And I instantly like my brain went to, to mush basically. And I was like, nope, I'm going to just ride it in and be smart. So, you know, these guys, Dave, get in the situation, and, and yeah, it could easily happen again for Tomac if anything happens in Denver this weekend where he's like, oh, nope, not taking a chance. Tonight something could go wrong, or that that was that threw me off my game even a little bit. You can't take a chance and throw the championship away. Just ride it in. Most definitely, yeah. I, I really don't see Tomac riding that fine line. I think he's going to give himself enough breathing room to where – uh, you know, yeah, like you said, he'll he'll say, you know what? No, nope, I'll just I'll just wrap it up next weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think absolutely. Like right now, at his age, with all of the the ups and the downs, and the almost won Supercross titles, and <laughs> and all that stuff, he's going to be like, yeah, you know what? No, I, I I know what happens when you go too hard. That is not happening to me. I worked too hard, put, fought too many battles this season, and spun too many laps to let it go. I'll go down the drain. So yeah, yeah, I, and and I, and I think that's going to be a uh, a theme now. I mean, I think probably what since Dungey came into the into the scene, where he was just Mister Consistent, Mister. You know, I'm going to think things through and 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 right within my limits and just play the long game. I think that's going to be the tactic now. I mean, I can't think of a time in the 450 class where we've really seen a guy who was in a title contention position really throwing it out on the line. Maybe for for like a web or something, but. Um, I mean, still, even then, I, you, could, you could argue that it really wasn't him putting it all out there. He still was within his comfort zone. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I just, I really can't see any riders, especially someone at Tomac's maturity level and age and, and tenure in the sport, that would just throw it away just to get a, a menial win, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. Dave, just uh, your phone is kind of staticky. It's, it's breaking up just a little bit. I don't know if uh, what's going on, but just uh, giving you a heads up, maybe we can clear it up. Um, How's this? Is it all better? Uh, sounds okay right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Benny Bloss came on. He's he was back off or, off of the collarbone and ankle injury he had. I like Benny Triple. I don't know if you know Benny very well. Benny's a cool dude. Um, just I don't know how to put it, man. Just like he's just a cool guy. Like he's he's funny. Uh, he can kind of make fun of himself a little bit. Just pretty intelligent rider. Uh, you know, really, I think he was pretty honest with some of the things he talked about, which we're going to listen to in a minute. Uh, what do you What do you think about Benny and him as an interview, as a writer? What we hear from him? Benny's cool. Yeah. Um, I think he's hit or miss. You know, like the, the interview started off pretty slow, um, and then it sounded like when his got phone was breaking you know, up. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. It sounded like he was a little, you know, nervous about his phone and being out in the middle of nowhere of Arizona. But right. Um, seems like once he got better service, uh, they opened up, they had a little bit of fun. And then the banter with Jeff, I thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> I like how, I like how Benny doesn't rely on his dad, which is cool. I mean, yep. his dad definitely is going to support him, right? It's his dad, but I like how he's trying to do it on his own. Sounds like he's going to go have some fun with Jason. Um, I was texting Toolman Dan the other day and cause he made that post about Anstey. 
And I was like, no, dude, it's blows. Like, he's going to go ride the bike with Anderson this weekend. Like, you're, like, you're wrong. Like, just messing with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them all, get them all riled up. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope Benny can figure it out and ride outdoors because to see a taller guy do what he does on a, on a bike is, is pretty impressive. It is cool. You, you mentioned Jeff Bloss. Uh, yeah, Steve, we got a, a nice sound drop that I cut and sent to Marks, and it's in the beginning of the show and the intro, but, uh, Steve's like, yeah, I'd ride that Jeff Bloss. Talking about the Jeff Bloss train, the money train. But we cut the <laughs> I'd ride that Jeff Bloss audio. So I, I think you'll hear that in some upcoming shows um, very soon. We got a couple of good good drops from that last show. So, yeah, the, and a lot of those are in the intro. If you guys, you, you two haven't heard it because I didn't play it for you, but the intro has got some good stuff in it. Uh, let's listen to the Benny Bloss. I kind of have to race my way into it, I guess. Um you know, these guys have been racing all season. They're going really fast right now. I've made, like, one position improvement each week. You told me you were kind of nervous, huh? At, uh, was it St. Louis? Yeah, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, pro- honestly, probably the most nervous, aside from my first ever Supercross, the most nervous that I'd ever um, been for a Supercross. My legs were shaking when I was down waiting to go for free practice, and it was just like I felt like I was going to puke. And That's crazy because um, you're, you're a veteran, right? You're an older guy now. Like, you've been around. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I feel like my riding's been pretty good. Um, starts have just been horrible. <laughs> it's almost like I kind of forget what I'm doing, I guess, when the 30 card goes up. <laughs> I don't know. But so far, each main event, I've, like, the gate drops, and I, like, both feet go behind me, and it's just... <laughs> It's been a mess. <laughs> and then, like, this weekend, I finally I get a good start in the heat race, and I was like, okay, I've tr- turned this around. Right. Like, yep. we're going up from here, right? And then the main event, I was dead last off the start. And honestly, the first four laps, it was like I kind of forgot how to ride a supercross track. Mm. Like, I just yeah, yeah. felt horrible. And then something clicked, and then it was just much better. But I feel like my riding has been good. It could definitely be better, but... I've only ridden Supercross, I think, less than 10 times since I've been back from injury. So yeah. I'm trying not to expect too much, I guess. Dave, I like stuff like that, right? He's just talking about, hey, man, kind of forgot what I was doing, kind of trying to figure it out again, <laughs> coming back from injury. Just a real dude. Like, you know, just uh, it's it's just real uh, interview style, right? He, he's not playing like, oh, I'm the – you know, I don't know. He's not playing it up. Big ego. He's just being honest, struggling, feet off the pegs, trying to figure out how to do starts again. I, I enjoy the interview. Most definitely. And and the cool part about talking to people like, uh, you know, like, like, like Benny is that you you start to understand, like, holy crap, these guys are human just like me. You know exactly. What I mean? it, it almost makes you feel like, oh, crap, you know, they. I had the same issue. I, I tell you what, dog side, every start I, I do, I forget how to start, right? So it, it's kind of nice to see the guys that we look up to and we idolize also have the same issues, and it kind of yeah. makes them seem a little bit more grounded and connected to them. So I, I like it for that, that aspect. And uh, I also like the fact that, you know, Benny can be that open and, and have that sort of, uh, you know, connectedness to, to, to the, the average fan overall. So Yeah, and we know, we know that Steve can relate to the bad starts. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it, right? Boom! <laughs> We've definitely seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. And if you haven't seen it, email me, darksideofpulpamix.com, and I can make sure you do see it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so Triple, the other thing was about outdoors, right? He's like, hey, man, are you riding outdoors? 
Uh, I don't know how I'm going to be riding outdoors, but I know I'm riding outdoors. And we kind of touched on it. Not not going to mooch off his dad, Jeff, if he can help it. But the guy wants to go racing. He said two or three, four races in Supercross this season. Not enough racing. Um, that's cool. He wants to go do the struggle. And, man, a couple years ago, outdoors, Benny sucked it up. He had a horrible year, you know, as a privateer. Um, but the guy just wants to go racing. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's going to be good um, for him to get out there and race. Like like he said, he, he doesn't feel like he raced enough. Yep. So I think for him, it would be good for him to stay relevant because there's there's a lot of guys that are up in contract. So, you know, maybe he can find a spot at HEP or, you know, something PRMX or find, you know, maybe go back to Tedder. Um, but, you know, with this sport, you're forgotten about so quickly, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. if he can stay, rele- stay relevant and race. Um, I think that'd be huge for him. I do too. Uh, one of the things that he talked about was possibly doing an e-bike race. And if he does do an e-bike race, if he does this thing, he, he kind of sounds like he might not want to do this one. Maybe he'd do the shorter one. But if he does, he's got to hit up Randy Richardson and get him some Michelin motor or bicycle tires. Because I don't know if he knows. I don't know if you guys know. But in 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. you got to visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild. Now they have the 20-inch BMX Pilot tires or any of the other road models. Bike.michelin.com. And you, too, can be just like mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill. Appreciate Randy for hooking me up uh, with, with some Starcross sixes for my YZ250. Just about three weeks away from getting on that thing. Cannot wait. That's a good yeah. tire, man. I will say, like Michelin, that was like one of the only affordable tires that I could grab when I was in college. Oh yeah, and dude, they kept they kept me on the track, man. And I had to change them all myself, so I appreciate the fact that they're easy to change. But holy easy crap, man! Always a good thing, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, always great. So, uh, no, it was it was super. I, I remember, man, just looking at my old Dunlops, and I was like, dude, these things are chunking. Went right to Michelin, dude. I was happy as can be, and I could yeah. afford it. So, yeah. you know, it was great. Heck yeah! It was funny when when uh, when Kiefer and I were talking a few weeks ago. It was the week or two before uh, Randy was in studio, so he was in studio for four ninety nine. Um, and like a week or two before that, I think it, we were me and Kiefer were talking about the the YZ, and uh, he, he mentioned we were talking about the Starcross sixes because he was testing them. And so you know you, you put some of those on the the YZ, and he goes, "No, nope, no, nope, you're getting the the Dunlops or whatever comes on it. You're gonna like them." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Ooh, Randy's not gonna like that." And then Randy comes in studio, and then you know next day drives to Kiefer's house, takes my wheels. And mount Starcross sixes on the bike. So I texted Chris and, yeah, how'd that work out? You know, so uh, yeah, Randy wasn't going to let me run Dunlops. Uh, I, I'm again very small part of Pulpamex, but Randy wants me taken care of and uh, supporting the Michelin brand. And I appreciate Randy beyond words, man. Um, I also mentioned I think last week or the week before that uh, for my flight to California to go ride that bike with Kiefer or grill your ass off, covered those flights. And Randy was going to, Randy was going to upgrade me to first class until he found out I was flying Southwest, which does not offer first class. So Randy, Randy <laughs> rules, man. So does Jason at grill your ass off, not sponsors of the wrap up show, uh, not the motorcycle side of Michelin and not grill your ass off, but they are 
sponsors up Pulp Mex in general. So thank, thanks to those guys. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing what Pulp, the Pulp Nation, Pulp family does, man. It's it's really cool. And speaking of that, yeah. Clinton Fowler came on, man. Um, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this dude is way too smart for me, for for my for me to wrap my brain around. Like the stat guy, I'm going like, dude. That shirt, that stuff kind of hurts my head trying to even think about Justin, how you would figure all these stats out, how you would put them in the spreadsheet so they're like quickly to quick to find. Like, how do you even decide what stats? Like, there's probably stats I haven't even thought of. And like, all just trying to process how a guy like Clinton's brain works to figure all this out, make it all easy, make it all work. Like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, th- those people are, you know, Elon Musk like. I'm like, well, how, okay, dude, whatever. I don't know who you, like, you're an alien. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I was when I was listening and I I don't know for sure I could be wrong, but I feel like Steve maybe said it. I think he said like, hey, this stuff's not available, you know, it's uh Clinton's put a lot of work into this. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I feel like Clinton should put make it available for like a subscription of like four ninety nine a month or like, you know, make it available, like offer a offer a price tag because he's put so much time and effort into it and Steve said multiple times. He's never got really compensated for all of his work. So I feel like if he offered a subscription or some type of, you know, one-time fee, um, he would sell a lot because there is a lot of cool data that he has that would be really interesting for uh, for fans that are into the sport like ourselves. Yeah, you're right, man. And, like, when I, I to continue what I was saying about the stats, like, a lot – just playing fantasy. Like, my buddies, they'll go in and they'll know, like – this guy's percentage of making the mains or getting like they, they'll know like, Oh, that's a good handicap based off this stat. And I go, fuck, I'm not even looking, man. I'm just going with my gut because it's too complicated for me to like, I can't like, it's just, I don't even, I, I can't even say the words right now. Cause I can't understand how they figure all these stats out. Uh, you know what to look for. It's just, it blows my mind, Dave. Like, I mean, like I can go look at like, um, the stats I know are like how many w- wins this guy got this year or how many podiums. Okay, that's easy to figure out. But to the, like the to figure out like the percentage of guys at 28 years old that have gotten in the top three at Foxborough in the last 17 years, like I don't know how you go back without like literally pay, picking up the results to every race and writing it down on a piece of paper. I, I don't know, man. These guys are too smart. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't think of it, man. Honestly, like I have a hard time remembering where I was last weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, let alone who who was at the race, right? <laughs> so dude, no, I mean it, it, that just it blows my yeah. mind. And the thing that makes me nervous is like if I were to get a stat like that, you better believe I would forget at least twenty dudes, <laughs> dude. That were in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here, let me give you this for the, to show like how well I can retain shit like that. My notes for for the wrap up show when I do this, I, I literally have a an old school notebook in front of me, and it has this show has five pages of notes. I wrote down on every other page, so when I flip it, it says Dave and Triple J, so I don't forget who's on the wrap up show with me. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm damn sure not going to be able to tell you uh, how old the guy was that got sixth place three years ago at round three in the heat race. Like, yeah, that's, it blows my mind. Man, Clinton's a bad dude. I, I love it. What's another thing that's really cool with this. When you want to break down the pulp empire guys is Steve is always like, man, I don't want to meet, you know, just random fans out on the trail. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't need these guys coming to my house or I, you know, whatever, you know, you know how he is with like just random people. He doesn't know, but listen to this. 
these all the, the all these jerkies that listen to the pulp show, he's hired Clinton Clinton, who was you know wasn't like somebody he just knew. This is guy, some guy, this is a guy that reached out to him. He hired Pancake to do video editing. He hired me. He's hired Roto Moto to help out with stuff. Swisscore, I think, uh, Marks and Talon all were like fans or listeners that reached out to him at some point, and now they're all part of this Pulp MX empire who is going to become filthy stinking rich from this Mav TV deal we're about to talk about, and we're all going to have Lambos. But at some point, we were all just random jerkies that listened to the show that Steve didn't want to meet. So, I don't know, man. But good, That's true. Yeah, good job to Clinton. And all those guys I mentioned, Pancake called in and um, you know, kind of called me out for trying to get my percentage of the Mav deal because I didn't have anything to do. Yeah, he did. He yeah, shut he you did. down quick. That was okay, though. It was all right. I listened. Like, at yeah. first I was like, ooh, he came at me hard. But when I listened back, like, I, I felt like it was in fun. He's not wrong. I, I don't really, I don't really yeah. believe I deserve anything for it. But um, he definitely shut me down. Uh, but that's that's fine. No, pancake. hey, you can't answer this. You can't answer this because you're biased. But Dave, I sent some notes to uh, Dark Side, and uh-huh. my one of my notes was, "Who is Pulp Mex's favorite employee?" So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask oh. you since oh, you're wait, not biased. So are, since are you're you, not biased. Do you mean the oh. fans of Pulp Mex or Steve's favorite employee? Steve's favorite employee. So you, Mark, Swisscore. Oh. Uh, I would Kiefer. say I'm not biased. I think Marks would be. Oh man! That's, oh, yeah, oh, you're that's adding Kiefer soft, too. Yeah. Oh, you're adding <laughs> Kiefer, so probably Chris. Hmm. Or whoever's, man, on, whoever's on the Pulpamex oh. payroll. So if they're getting a check, they're on the payroll. So who? That's you know, tough, tits. man. That's honestly. I know, I right? Probably, I know. It's oh, good, man. I I, <laughs> I I I love me some dark side. Everyone knows that. But man, I you're only saying that because I'm on <laughs> no, I mean, uh, honestly, Mark has probably gotten that guy out of so many technical jams and has helped really, like, create what is a whole world and, like, the whole fantasy deal. Yeah. So, man, Mark is literally, like, the architecture for half of the fun we have at, at Pulse. So, I don't know. But I will say, close second, I, I'd probably say... Dark side, your top three for sure. Mm, I don't. I would say absolutely for, not. For burning, sure. bu- burning, burning building. You think dark side? You think oh, dark I get. Side I get. Like, he doesn't even think about grabbing me. <laughs> the only way he grabs me was like a year ago. Uh, if it's two story and he needs the, as he joked about, repel down my pony at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no. Like I, I would go Kiefer, man, because Kiefer's like his buddy. Man, they go do shit together. Their families are doing, you know. I'm going to say Chris would be his favorite as, as just, if you just took as a person that he would want to spend time with that, if that's what you mean, Chris. Now, if you want to say most important to the show, I, I think it's probably Mark's or like Swizz does a lot of stuff behind the scenes um, as, as well as guys like um, Clinton and Rhoda. But I, th- I think Mark's is the guy as far as the, the show goes, being important to the show, it's Marks. As far as buddies, it's Kiefer. That's my my thoughts. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, but cool. Again, cool for Clinton, man. He's, I didn't realize what he was doing with Supercross, and he may be doing some stuff to help weed out for nationals. That's really cool that he's gotten those opportunities, and that's all because of Steve. So very cool. Um, and speaking about Clinton and Marks' importance to the show, check this out. Thursday. I'm working on the app. Oh, you have been? Oh. Well, I wasn't going to break that, but yeah. See? Yeah. Oh, we, maybe we could tell Steve about it. Well,
It would be just like Pulp MX for all the minions to go around and, and do things without talking to me and then just say, surprise! <laughs> that, that would be just... And then everyone gets a good giggle at my expense, as, as usual. So, I, I've been trying to get a show website for two years built. Two years! I've, not by Marks, by another person. It's and, and, live. Uh, it's live, yeah, we're good. It's oh, up? It's live now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... Thanks for paying attention. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, Hold on. Thanks for, thanks for paying the website attention. is up? It doesn't redirect from the old one yet, but oh. you can access the new one, yes. Oh, I'm on the old one. Oh, you can get on the new one if you want. Again, again, the minions just running things. I knew we were close, but yeah. I didn't know it was hey. live. Hey, it's like when you have this company where the the this head is, figure has just gone dementia, but they keep him around to be the face of it. Everybody just, else is doing all the work. So now you feel like me, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> it's bullshit. So, pulpamexshow dot com. Well, no, that will. <laughs> so th- sometime this week, pulpamexshow dot com will redirect to the new site. Okay. So. Okay, What's the new site? It's, it's pulpmex.com <laughs> slash pulpmexshow. Talon, did you know that? Yeah, I, I was doing the testing for it. Oh, see? okay. All right. Yeah, see, everybody's involved <laughs> with me. Oh, this is so great, Dave. Like, for, okay, starts off, he, he doesn't realize the two that those guys were talking about the app. And then he talks about the website, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's live. And his reaction is so honestly dumbfounded. Like, he, he stuttered, and there was silence for a moment, like, really? <laughs> like he he had no clue, and his reaction was so great. I cracked up, and I, I just laughed now. I had to mute my mic for a second. Like I love that he just has no idea sometimes, and uh, it was so good. I I that was maybe my favorite moment of the whole show. No, it's 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 hilarious when you can catch Steve off guard. It creates for some of the most funniest content, and I don't know why. I think it maybe because. Like, you know, we, we, we kind of know his personality. Like, all, everyone does, right? Who watches the Pulse Mech show. And he kind of seems to be on top of things. But when you catch him off guard, it is hilarious. And also, you kudos to him because when you have a team behind the scenes that is doing things like launching a website and you don't know about it until the last minute and, like, it's going on, you've got a pretty good damn team behind you, right? So yeah. kudos, kudos, kudos to Steve, man. But, no, it's funny. Whenever Steve is caught off guard on anything, <laughs> dude, I'm tr- I'm turning the volume off, dude. I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's so good. Triple, I, I love I love that. Like, Steve is kind of, I don't know if I want to say controlling. I don't know if that's the right word. It's not Controlling is probably not the right word, but he likes to have everything in order and to know, like, he, you know, look back to the, the Glenn Helen show last year when Randy came in and played the videos and like he, he doesn't like it when it goes off his his script or whatever I want to call it what he's prepared for so when you can catch him like Dave said by surprise and he doesn't really know what's going on like there's a little part of you going like oh he's almost irritated but he's surprised it's like it's just I don't know it's so funny it's hard to catch him in those moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you're, you're, you're kind of like when you get him, it's it's pretty good, and it, I think those guys love it. They, it's <laughs> oh, they the do. same for them. It's the same for them, right? They're like, oh, we're gonna get him, like, but you know, it's like they almost build up their own hype, um, and uh, it seems like they have they have a lot of fun because Steve just always is like the whole Discord thing. He's like, you know, they're all talking shit about me, right, which they're not. Now, now that which they're not, and then the website is like. Yeah, everybody knows about it, but me. I guess I'll get an email later or something. Yeah. You know, hit hit contact at pulpamex.com and let me know on the website. So yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So yeah. I guess uh, I guess that's the, the the most funny part about it is Steve kind of turns it into something when it's really not, but it it is almost like a thing now. Yeah, it's um, like he almost wants to be mad, but he's excited that it, the work's getting done. He doesn't know how to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Like he almost needs a shirt that just says "Last to Know." Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think the website is actually live today. I went to it last night. Um, I was on it earlier. Okay. It looks new. The, yeah, the new stuff. There's a few things I kind of reached out to Marks that um, I think aren't quite the way they're supposed to be, and they're looking at but like the – I always say at the end of the show, like go to the, the com, click on the Sponsor Deal tabs. There is not a Sponsor Deal tabs anymore. There's just like logos towards the bottom of the homepage where you can click on those sponsors, and it should bring up your discount codes and your links. A few of them didn't have links um, so I think they, they might have to adjust a couple things, but yeah, the website looks good, man. It's coming along. So that's awesome. I love everything that marks and those guys do. And actually, yeah, somebody else was yeah. building that website. It wasn't marks and Clinton. They were dealing with the app, but the, the website, just, just one more thing that, you know, improvements within pulp mech. So very cool. Uh, let's talk about the rant. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting close to the end of this thing. The race tech rant pulp 22 to save at racetech.com. Um, I forgot to listen to the commercials Monday night. There should be a new race tech commercial soon. Uh, cause I recorded one and checkers. It, this is like my highlight last week. Checkers. I recorded one for my show and checkers was like, yeah, just send that to Steve. I'll make him use yours. And I was like, Oh, that's so great. I, I hope he does. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, speaking of, I, I sorry, real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of commercials, did you see Randy Richardson's story? About the guy that was pissed about Dylan. No, I missed that. And oh my god, dude! It's I don't know if it's still live, but it was hilarious. How long ago was it? Because those stories don't stay live. Yesterday. Right? Oh, okay. I think it was yesterday or today. I'll have to but check. Like it. some yeah. guy said, he wouldn't buy missions because he's so over Dylan's annoying voice. And Randy made like six different story posts about it. Oh, that's awesome! I'll go look and see if it's still there. And if not, I'll just have him send them to me. So cool. Yeah, glad you glad you told me about that. Um. Let's listen to this rant real quick because this this one made me happy too. My race tech rant of the night. It's not even a rant. Can you make it into a rant, please? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I stopped that for just a second. I, while you're listening to this, there's another drop in here. That there's another piece of audio that we pulled. And by the way, I was going to say this a minute ago. So you, I totally lost my train of thought while you were talking uh, ju- uh, triple about the, uh, you know the stuff that the, the the minions do behind the scenes and all that. Me and Marks yeah. during the show, we we have a little text thread almost every show, and we're like, "That's a drop, pull that. That's a drop." And one hundred percent, when we say that's a drop, it's something to shit on, Steve. So, as I play this audio, once it's over, you guys tell me what the new drop's going to be. Here we go. Race Tech rant of the night. It's not even a rant. Can you make it into a rant, please? Yeah, yeah, I can a little bit. Here, here's the deal. So, look, I was a mechanic for a long time. Was I the greatest mechanic? No, I wasn't. Was I the worst mechanic? No, I wasn't. My riders made podiums. I won a national. I got a summer cross trophy. Uh, I worked for two factory teams. I worked for top privateers in Supercross for a couple of years. Tim Ferry, Nick Way, when they were privateers. Took them to that. Drove a box fan. Jetted the bike. Changed suspension oil. Did all the stuff that a mechanic should do, right? But I did have some few DNFs here and there that people like to point out. Never really anything my fault. People like to take shots at me for being a shitty mechanic. Carlos Rivera. What Are a great you, mechanic. But what a what a fantastic mechanic. What look at all the championships he won. But, look at all the races he won. But 
But Carlos's muffler fell off this weekend in the heat race. His muffler fell off, and that just goes to show everybody it's hard work being a mechanic. And everyone would say Carlos is a better mechanic than me, but I never had my muffler fall off, ever. I had a GYTR muffler explode on me, <laughs> but the muffler stayed attached to the bike. It was not my fault the thing exploded on me. Can, can we I just want to point out, by Race Tech Rant, is, look, it can happen to anybody. All right, there's actually a couple drops within that audio. Before we get into it, Dave, any thoughts as to what audio that me and Marks were like, oh, yeah, that's a drop. That's going to be played from oh, now on. Oh, man. It's got to be the uh, kind of like close to the intro. Was I a, good me- was I a great mechanic? No. That's it. <laughs> that, was, that is it. That, that, dude, that's got it. That's got it. And like the one uh, I, I had to literally stop myself from laughing when he goes, I had a GYTR muffler explode on me. Yeah. Like, how the hell did that happen, man? <laughs> what does Steve do to make a muffler explode? Yeah, you are 100% right on that. Instantly, like, uh, he barely got out. Am I a great mechanic? No. Before Mark's texted me, that's a drop. And I, I, like, I, think I, I think I screenshotted my notes with the timestamp. Said done. It's already, it's already locked in. So that's how we do things. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, awesome. Dave, just, to, just a funny rant, man. Because Steve, Steve's got to have his, uh, you know, he's got to have that ego check, man. <laughs> so I know, got- yeah. It, it was, it was hilarious, man. Like. To, all of that for the lead up to be, hey, I wasn't that bad. Even Carlos Rivera, like, you know, like, come on, dude, really? Carlos is probably one of the most decorated mechanics we have. Right, no one right. can remember this exhaust falling off. Relax. <laughs> but triple, man, I love those things. It's like, I wonder sometimes how much of that is serious to Steve or how much he is a showman and knows I'm going to make this a funny story. Like, if it's sort of thought out like during throughout the day before monday night he's like all right i'm gonna talk about this dude you know like how much is it a character and how much is steve dead serious uh i i mean honestly i feel like we talk about this a lot yeah we do yeah uh, exact putting exaggeration on his stories um and i would say exaggeration that's probably not the right word but just you know uh cinematics um you know, onto his stories. And I think that's again, why he has such a good following. Cause the guy almost makes you feel like you're invested in the story. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like for me, like I didn't really think about the Carlos thing. Like it just happened, you know, stuff happens, shit happens, you know, like Steve said, it's just, it is what it is. But when Steve talks about it, you're just like, <laughs> Holy shit. Like, damn. Okay. And I mean, right. Right. Yeah. I guess it is. I guess it is a pretty big deal. Um, so yeah, I just I feel like that's again like you know we've talked about this uh, quite a bit in the show, but I think Steve just does a good job of just uh, putting that out there and just making his making his fans feel what he feels. I guess I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm saying saying no, that right or not. But. You are. He takes he takes the the sports commentary or the you know like the stats and the it's a sports podcast, but then he makes it a, a comedy show. Um, I mean, I always compare it to Howard Stern, man. He, he, there's characters, yeah. there's, there's family, a feel of family. We still talk about the details of the race and the, the mechanics of the bikes, but then we have the humor and the, the 
the incredible the, ba- the banter, yeah, yeah the, banner, the banter, yeah. The, the 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 tall ceilings, and you know all these different things that the 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 reoccurring jokes. I, there's a term for that. A runner. These the show run. There's a runner like the the jokes on the tall ceilings. Those are runners throughout the series. Where oh, that's a that's a flashback to something. You know all these things that you if you listen every week, you go oh yeah 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 that's you know we that's an inside joke and you you catch up with all the shit. It's Ah oh, man, it's so yeah. great. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, but you're right, absolutely. Steve makes this stuff like I feel like it's about seventy thirty, like seventy percent serious, thirty percent um, exaggeration for the humor side of it. But still, he means it. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, he's probably saying that stuff to Carlos. I would imagine. Too. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, too, yeah, like, yeah. He's like, hey, man, yeah. you lost a muffler. Never like, happened to me. Joking. Yeah, it never happened to me. He's like, yeah, you got more right. titles than I can count, but you lost the muffler. Right, right. Yeah, he's probably yeah uh, talking to Roger DeCoster. Hey, man, uh, I never. You, need, you yeah. know, if you need me to come back, I'm back. Exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like when you said Roger, he's probably like, hey, yeah. you know, my door's always open. Yeah, yeah. All right. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride. Only at Motorsport.com. We're, we're coming down to the final portions of this wrap-up show. Let's get into this Mav TV huge announcement, guys. Scotty McLemore from Mav TV was in studio. And Steve, not only is Mav TV taking over the Outdoor Nationals, and thankfully, sounds like there's going to be archives, should be in HD, all that good stuff that we co- we've come to be used to. Now, and I have a rant about this. I did not catch it. Did not catch my attention. I did not realize what I was missing Monday night. But Tuesday nights. Two for Tuesday, a one-hour pulp mix, basically like a highlight recap show uh, on Mav TV. It'll repeat later or later in the evening, along with the four motos from Saturday post race show. Look, Mav TV is doing a bunch of bitching stuff, guys. With it sounds like it's gonna with this um, upcoming outdoor season, the move having pulp come onto Mav TV should open the doors to pulp mix to a lot larger. Um, group of people. I, I, I can only imagine how many people are going to be watching Map TV to watch these replays of the races and discover Pulp Mix. But we are going to have to renegotiate, Steve. You cannot have your show on Tuesday night because there is another podcast going on Tuesday night that is very important. We got to figure like this that. shit out. Huh? I like that. Yeah, we got to figure this shit out, I, Steve. I think- um, I'm not signing my contract. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not signing my contract <laughs> until we figure this shit out. But we will deal with that off the air, Steve. We'll figure it out. I'm sure we can come to terms. Uh, triple. This is really yeah. fuck. This is bad ass for Steve. Like this to me is not like, uh, you know, Racer X is gonna, you know, we're gonna put Pulp Mix on Racer X live on Monday nights. This could really. Change, change the game for Pulp MX. I don't even know if I want to go there because it's already the biggest pulp podcast for Moto. It's, yeah. I think this is going to be huge. I, I just feel like all of a sudden so many more eyes are going to be on Pulp MX. Yeah, it's pretty cool they get to do it before the Motos, uh, if, I, if I heard that correctly. It's yeah, I think it's before yeah, the Motos. Yep, yep. Um, recap Motos. So when I texted you my notes, I'll have to, ask, I'll have to throw this to Dave and ask him, but you know, Steve's going to have a, an hour recap show after his show 
and then you get the wrap up show. So is there gonna be like some like like Mav TV showdown versus the wrap up? Like we gotta get you guys in the ring. Like what's gonna happen? Like I kind of want to get Dave's input on this and see kind of like we're gonna start some bidding. Maybe have that on Mav TV. Oh like, man, dude, what's the deal, Mav TV wrap up. Yeah, let's go, dude. Let's 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 place let's place some bets, Triple. Let's get some cash off this thing, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. Let's start a little chat Discord here, a little channel. Uh, Mad versus Rappa. I'm feeling it. I'm down. I think I I think I lose in that one. So. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. you got me and Dave, Dark. Yeah, you <laughs> thank Dave. you, thank you. I just I really think this is going to trickle things down, though. Like you know, with. Yeah, with people, there's no way there's not going to be new people coming to Pulp Max because of this. It, it, it's inevitable. There's going to be a lot more people, and like that's going to trickle down to, I think, other podcasts because obviously Steve has Daniel Blair on with main event, right? He's he's had me yeah. on with our show, the Mode X Pod show. People are going to start discovering these other, uh, this other media sources, and outlets. These, yeah, yeah, these other outlets, and I just think again, he is innovating. This is something he's talked about for years. It's taken time, but now it's happening. I, Dave, I can't see this being anything but positive, not necessarily for the sport of motocross, but for this type of media outlet. Almost oh, definitely. I mean, and you think about the type of people that are that are watching Mav. I mean, I think you're they're already sort of like that motorsports enthusiast, right? I just think it's going to open up the doors for a lot of people when it comes to. Um, you know, being able to, to see Moto in a new light. So I almost equate that to like when people started watching uh, Drive to Survive, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. On Netflix for F1. This is probably going to do that sort of deal, maybe not on a big of a level, but it's going to do something very similar for, for Paul, right? It's going to open up people's eyes to, I knew this sport existed already, but I didn't know it was this damn fun or this damn cool, right? So I, I could see this yeah. like people being put on people's radars who are like, yeah, I know about Moto. But holy crap, I am really into it now because, like, now I see personalities. I get the inside scoop. I can see, like, all the comedy. I can see all the drama, all these different faces. I think it's going to be cool, man. I think this is just, this is like, you know, uh, kind of pioneering for us right now. Absolutely. And who knows where this could springboard to, right? Maybe we see Pulp on freaking NBC or something or, or something. Something like it, right? Yeah. This could be that, that stepping yeah. stone. So yeah. I think it's super rad. I literally, when super you said that, I laughed out loud and said, that'll never happen in my mind. Then I went, well, oh. I never thought he'd get his own race. I never <laughs> exactly. thought he'd be on Mav TV. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. why yeah. not? Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, that's what you should put in your contract there, Dark Side, that you need a wrap-up show shout-out every Mav TV episode. Oh, Steve would tell me to go pound sand. <laughs> Oh, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm okay with the fact that he just said, "If I play, like I think he said, like if I play my cards right, I might get on one." I'll just cross my fingers. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll go with that. But hey, we're we're real close to wrapping this thing up. We have a few more topics, but Dave, I know we're running a little long, um, and you've got some collective experience business to handle. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Before I let you go, um, shout out to your to the collective experience. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, for sure, man. Always, always have a blast doing this dark side. You know, you're like family. Um, check out the collectivexp.com. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out for the outdoors. You have internship programs where people can go behind the scenes and work with their favorite teams. Uh, you're doing a variety of things from mechanic work to social media managers to video content managers, the whole thing and more. Uh, maybe you can run into dark side at one of these races, hang out with him. Uh, just the collectivexp.com at the collectivex on Instagram. Contact at the collectivexp.com for email. Awesome. Dave, man, thanks for your time. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Salt Lake City. Really appreciate you coming on, um, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. 
Yes, sir. All right, take care. Fun. See ya. Good, good to meet you, Dave. Have good luck. Same. Well, we'll catch up. All right, see you, bud. All right. All right, thanks to Dave for coming on. Um, Triple, let's keep this thing rolling. We've got a few more things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at my notes real quick. <laughs> okay, yeah, Steve Steve Mathis says, like, yeah, hey, they're hitting the big time now, right, with this Mav deal. Tells Talon to put yep. a ring on it with Yar Yar, and everybody's getting Lambos. Um, I think I'm out on the Lambos. I doubt that my, um, my level of employeeship gets me a, a Lambo. But what it may get me is a chance to drive a Lambo from what he said. They're renting the Lambo trap in, in Vegas, and he invited me out as long as I get myself there, which I can figure that out. But just so you know, Triple, an update. I texted Steve this morning. Hey, any idea when this Lambo thing is happening? Zero response. Just like Eli Tomac. Zero response. So maybe, I like that. Maybe I'm not going to drive Lambos. I don't know. Well, at, w, at WPS, we kind of um, have what we call like a, D, a team building event. Yeah. So maybe that's what you need to, maybe that's the way you need to work your angle. Just tell Steve that you want to do a team building event and get everybody together. Swiss Core, Marks, Talon, just make a nice team building Copamex event. Yeah, but then he'd be like, well, maybe, you, yeah, you know, he'd probably tell me, to, he'd tell me to set it up and figure it out. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. You know, speaking of that, you got to, you got to, I, actually, I just need to hit up JT. I want to go to WPS and I want to check out the track and hang out. I got to get out there sometime. One of, the, one of your yeah. shows you guys, or your, um, one of the, uh, what do you call it? The industry deals. Sales you guys, meetings. Yeah, the sales meetings. I got to get up there. Yeah. I mean, you need to talk to uh, JT and come as media and just cover yeah. the uh, sales meeting at bed. Yeah. I'm going to hit him up on that. When you, you mentioned that, I, it made me think of that. Um, all right, here's what I talked about yeah. earlier in the show. I was talking about if you, you got to watch YouTube sometimes to catch certain things. Dave talked about like the hand gestures and all that. So there was a moment when the Mav TV deal was going on, and he's like, hey, uh, nothing's going to take away my journalistic credibility. I can't be bought. And if you were watching YouTube, you kind of tell when you listen, like there's a little bit, like it sounds like he's struggling a little bit, which he was putting a Mav TV <laughs> hat on. While he was saying this, I can't be bought while putting on some Mav TV advertising. Typical Steve, uh, he can be bought. It sounds like uh, he can be bought by Mav TV. So, but no, I like that. Uh, yeah, I do too. Hell, man, he he's making good business decisions. This show, man, you think back to just what six years ago. I think Mark said he started six years ago. How much the show has grown, and just from audio only. Uh, streaming on the website to YouTube, to YouTube and Facebook, multiple cameras, uh, all the different things going on. Pulp Mix Fantasy, now Map TV, a, a race of his own coming up. Unreal, man. Steve, I'll, I'll gargle, man. Just good job, dude. Like, you honestly have earned it. You work your ass off, and it's it's cool to see. I don't, I don't really give a shit what people say. Uh, as far <laughs> as far as how I react to that stuff, I think it's awesome. I, I enjoyed the also the flashback discussions, the history, a little bit of the old time announcers, man. Dave Spain, Art Ekman, Moto World, like that brought back a lot of yeah. cool thoughts. Triple, what do you remember about all that? Yeah, I uh, I I like how some of it's still on YouTube. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. You can go back and watch some of it. Not all of it, but there is some stuff left. Um, I didn't put it in my notes, but I was I almost texted you and I deleted it. But, you know, Steve's always talking about salaries and incomes. Uh-huh. I wanted to put – so what do we think Steve's Forbes uh, – you know, what's he worth now with the Mav TV deal? And I almost said that to you, but I didn't. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, 
I was gonna give give you some shit because you know Steve's always talking about contracts and stuff. I was like, all right, so what's Steve's what's Steve's financials look like now with this Mad TV deal? Oh, he's a millionaire. He, I didn't, he, uh, yeah, he's he's a millionaire. <laughs> I didn't send it. <laughs> I, I love. love it. Uh, I love the Matt, the fact like I was a little bit leery of Map TV because in the past like it say HD or there was no HD and then they had HD but it didn't look HD. I'm hoping they they that's all fixed. I literally signed up today. Yeah. I paid for the year of Map TV. Uh, I grew up, man. I kind of mentioned this when I called in with Sprint cars and late models. I'm excited yeah. to be able to watch the uh, Knoxville Nationals and and the. Uh, the um, chili bowl, chili and bowl. Shit. yeah, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. stoked on that. So I'll, I'll be wearing out that Mav TV app. So I, like I said, I signed up today. I'm ready to go. Looking forward to it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you could talk about it or if if you even know or not. But do we know how long this deal was in the works? Yeah, I have no idea. None. Okay. Yeah, none. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the stuff we need, Steve, for wrap up show, so we can tell people about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Me and Darkstar are trying to be journalists. <laughs> True. Well, if I want to be a journalist, I should have asked that question before I start. I should have texted him today and found that out. But yeah. Um, okay, a couple yeah, of things. I wonder how long. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, panic button for Max Bowen? No, definitely not. I don't think um, so either. And they talked about it. Yep. I've known you know the family for a while. We're not super close, but you know I've known them for quite a since Max was on 65s. Um, the plan was never to be on big bikes this early. Right. Yeah. Um, so they kind of got pushed, not pushed into it, but it was just one of those things where kind of the, the cards fell that way. Um, well, yeah, I but, think, you know, talent, talent, didn't really want to have him on a big bike yet. Yeah. Or not a bit. I should say a big bike, but not at the, pro, not doing supercross yet. Right. Yeah. Got put into supercross a little early. I, I, th- I heard, you know, I think that like basically if, yeah, if they didn't, Take the deal they took, the three-year deal that he might not have stayed on KTM, and that might you know they they went with somebody else. So, um, I, you yeah, know, sure. so you kind of said forced into it, not necessarily forced into it, but uh, it, right. it pressured maybe. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that a lot of people don't know too, if they're not in the industry, is right now you know stuff's really hard to get. Um, even mm-hmm. though these teams are factory teams, they're still struggling to get parts. So yeah, um, yeah, that was a thing for for Max too. They've They've been dealing with like motor stuff and suspension stuff, and you know I I don't know I don't know the whole details of it, but I know a little bit, and I know they kind of are still dealing with that aspect of making sure they have enough parts and testing and all that. So um, I think you know for them it's just a, a big learning curve, and yeah, even like Jet said, Supercross Supercross has beat him down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Jet, a lot of people forget Jet. You know he got hurt too, so. I think this is a learning year for Max, and you know I think we'll see a different Max next year, or even maybe. Uh, late. I don't. Wait. I think he's not doing outdoors, right? Or is he going to do outdoors? Mm, if he does, it'll be it'll be a while. He's he's not going to make the first that's few rounds. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, I think I think we see a different Max next year for yep. sure. Um, just like I said, this is just a building a building year for him. Like everybody just needs to calm down. Yeah. Okay. Last thing, early in the show, Steve dropped something that. I almost can't process in the same way I can't process uh, Clinton's stats. Cooper Webb may come in studio after Salt Lake City. That yep. does not compute. That is not, I don't, man, like, that doesn't seem like the Cooper Webb I know, which I don't know him that well, but I've definitely yep. had a lot of conversations with him. Um, that would be badass, uh, but very surprising to me. Yeah, but again, like JT said, 
nothing seems to amaze oh, people true. anymore about Steve. That is true. So um, it, it's one of those things where I hope I hope Cooper walks in and says, "Man, these ceilings are tall." And where's my bedroom? <laughs> um, so, but I, if that does happen, that'll be cool. You know, there's rumors going around that Cooper might not race outdoors this year. So yeah. Um, so we'll see kind of if he's got some more free time and. Hopefully, with uh, with that being said, he'll he'll go have some fun with Steve, and and they'll talk about some stuff, and maybe talk about you know because Michael Lindsay and him talked about silly season with with this Red Bull deal and his KTM deal, and maybe mm-hmm. switching teams. So there's a lot there's a lot going on for Cooper right now. He's about to be a dad, yeah. Um, so Cooper's got a lot a lot going for the next year year or two, I would say. Absolutely. All right, guys, I think that is going to be a wrap for this uh, episode 502. I want to thank motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Seal Savers. And like I always tell you guys, go to the website. Um, I believe the new com is up. If not, do what Mark said, which is pulpmex.com forward slash show, I believe. Go to the website, support yeah. those sponsors, use those discount codes, um, it's really important to all these different podcasts to support the sponsors because there is no reason for WPS and X brand to give money to Steve if they get nothing out of it, if the fans aren't using the sponsors. And you guys are really good about doing that through Pulp Mech. So support those guys. It means a lot to Steve. It means a lot to us, um, all the, the minions. Uh, other than yep. that, Triple, man, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Um, Jeff Hunt? Yeah, I did. Thank you for having me. And- yep. If you're cool with it, can I ask you one more question? You absolutely can. Okay. Are we hitting the panic button on the 222 dilemma? Um, Steve's got two things he's promised. So um, are we worried? Is the 222 thing going to happen? Um, is is Crowley going to be able to get the number? You know, I, I, I agree. I think the guy should give up the number. He has never got a point. Um, so, but Steve's got some promises out there. So I hope he can. Uh, Live up to those. Live up to those promises. Uh, yeah, I'm not panicked at all. I, I, I I'm going to go 100 percent guaranteed. Kyroli gets two, two, two. Yeah, I would be shocked if he didn't. And uh, I know there's some deals that have been made in the past uh, on the jersey. Numbers, so <laughs> yeah, jersey. I know like yeah. Bolin, Jer- Bolin wanted seven eleven, and the guy wouldn't give it up. And I know Blair and. Uh, Marvin worked a deal out for a number. So right, right. there's always that stuff going around. So it'll be interesting to see kind of, I, I would like Steve, if he can, to do a follow-up on that and see if he can get, uh, give us some info on how all that goes down if he can. Oh, I bet he will. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to keep up with that for sure. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think Steve comes through definitely. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. All right. Uh, triple. Thanks, man. That's a wrap. We're out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Stay. Thank you, Steve at Pulp Mex. And, uh, I hope to do this again. Absolutely. See you guys next week. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say